0: Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson, and we are going to talk Steeler O versus Texan D. I expect Steelers to have some success in this game, but I'm going to nerd out with the stats. Got lots of them, and I think they tell a really, paint a very vivid picture. So, Steelers offense is averaging 5 point, or I'm sorry, they're averaging 4.8 yards per play. Texans' defense is allowing 5.6 yards per play. Only the Broncos, Chargers, and Bears are worse than Houston's defense. Yards per play is huge to me. Total nerd move here, but we're going to talk about all the different personnel groupings the Steelers are in. 72% of the time, they're in 11. Remember, 11 means one back, one tight end. 12, they're in 23%. 13, which would be what? One back three tight ends, 3.4%, and zero two 2 personnel. You might not have heard this one yet. That's zero backs, two tight ends, 1.1%. That's only been two plays. So really, 72.5% they're in 11, 23% they're in 12. I'd like to see a little more diversification there. Now, Houston's defense has faced 11 on 63%. They faced 12 on 20%. They've seen 20 on 7.7%, 21 on 5.7, and 13 on 2.1. They've also seen 22 personnel, two backs, two tight ends, two snaps. I know that's a lot to digest. But the Texans have only used their dime package with six defensive backs on the field, under 1% of their snaps. It's like one snap or two snaps. That's not what the Steelers do, talking about personnel groupings, but... With Stingley out, what if you went four wide? and be easier with Deontay, of course, and try to force them into their dime. I don't see that happening. It's not what the Steelers do. It's not what Canada does, but they hate dime. Why not try to get them in dime, especially when a corner is their best corner is missing? So, George Pickens has put up 75-plus receiving yards in the past two games. Deontay hasn't been there. That is his best two-game stretch of his young career. He's accounted for 33% and 23% of the targets with Deontay Johnson out of the lineup, and his target share has increased each week. Pickens was on the field for 100% of the Steelers' pass plays in week three. That's not the norm, by the way, folks. Pickens' 16 yards per reception average is third best since entering the league, only behind Jalen Waddell and A.J. Brown. With Johnson out of the lineup, Over the past two weeks, Calvin Austin has run a route on 88% of Pittsburgh's dropbacks compared to 68% for Allen Robinson. Austin's 23% targets per route run was the highest of his career. Austin has been targeted 10 times, but only has three receptions over the past two games. So, I think it's very clear that when the Steelers are right, or even with Johnson out, Austin has to be ahead of Robinson in the pecking order. He just has to be. I mean, the way they move is night and day. So I would hope, and this indicates that the Steelers agree with me, that you feature the more explosive younger player. I mean, to me, that's the move. I I don't even think it's close, to be very honest with you. Um, Pat Fryermuth has yet to top four targets in any game this year after averaging 6.1 targets per game Last season, however, the Texans have allowed an 85% catch rate, 30th, and an 8.1 yards per target, 26th, to opposing tight ends. It's time to get Mooth even more involved. I mean, I wrote this article last week. You guys saw it. A lot of good responses. That's what I was saying, and they did against the Raiders. It's time to even take it up another notch. Kenny Pickett's 2.7 seconds average time to throw is the ninth highest in the NFL, However, Houston's opponents are getting the ball out of their hands on average of 2.3 seconds. Only the Vikings' defense is facing a shorter time to throw. So teams are, boom, get it out. That's how they're attacking Houston. And I'd like to see the Steelers do a lot of that too. Only three defenses are allowing a higher completion rate than Houston. However, only five defenses allow fewer yards per reception. Well, that goes back to average time to throw. Ball's coming out quick. You're completing a lot of them, but not for a ton of yards. So quick rhythm passing is how everyone is attacking this team. And they play a lot of zone. The Texans defense didn't have a sack last week on 40 Trevor Lawrence dropbacks. They have just four sacks all year, and no one on Houston's defense has more than one. Only the Bears, Giants, and Falcons have fewer sacks in Houston. Ugh. Uh, Najee Harris has a gain of 10 or more yards on four of his 38 scrimmage plays this year. It's 10.5%, which is well above his career average. However, on runs of 15 yards or more, which is what a lot of people call explosive runs, Harris has an explosive run rate of 11.4%, which is best in the league. Best in the league. Who would have thought that? Last year, Harris had an explosive run rate of 2.6, 2.6%, as opposed to 11.4% this year. This season, Harris has, a, has 79 of his rushing yards from explosive runs in 2022. Again, 79 yards already on these type of runs. Last year, he got 135 years, yards all year on explosive runs. So, I think he's playing a lot better than people think, by the way. Despite playing his lowest percentage of snaps, just 50%, Harris got his most touches, 19, of the season last week. Jalen Warren's 32% target share per route run is the highest among all NFL running backs that have played 50 or more snaps. No one else is over 30%. Warren's snap share has climbed each week. This isn't an indictment on Warren. It's a small, small one on Matt Canada, but... His target share for route run, as I just said, is the highest among NFL running backs. Kind of tells the world that when he runs routes, he's getting the ball, but it's only 32%. I mean, so it's not like, oh, Warren's out here running a route. He's getting the ball key on him. You know, maybe a little. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's just one of these strong tendencies. All right, I'll be back here in a minute with some more stuff similar along these lines. You guys always seem to enjoy these. I got always get good feedback, so good stuff. Be back in a moment. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Houston has allowed seven rushing touchdowns. That's tied with Denver for most in the league. But 31% of Pittsburgh's rushing attempts have failed to gain yardage. That's the highest percentage in the NFL. Two different things, but too many. 31% of the Steelers' rushing attempts have failed to gain yardage. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Houston's defense limited Jacksonville to just five for, 13s on, five for 13 on third downs. The Jaguars also were unsuccessful on their lone fourth down try. Jags were pretty broken in that game, to be honest with you. And the Jags also, the Texans also didn't give up a play of more than 28 yards against Jacksonville. The Jets are the only offense that has been worse than Pittsburgh's at converting a series of downs into a new series of downs. What are you talking about, Williamson? No, what I mean is you get the ball, first and 10. Either on first down, second down, third down, you get a new series of downs, or you turn it over. People just started tracking this this year from what, I'm, um, um, what I've seen. So again, the Jets are the only offense that's been worse than Pittsburgh's at converting a series of downs into a new series of downs. The Steelers have only accomplished this at a 56% rate. League average is 70% rate. However, the Texans' defense ranks 22nd in this metric, and last week, Pittsburgh converted a series of downs into a new series on 62% of their drives. Playing those first two defenses doesn't help. The Steelers only have three red zone drives a season, lowest in the NFL. They have also just produced 41 first downs, second worst. Over the course of three games, you've only made 41 first downs. It's really bad. Only the Colts and Chiefs are scoring fewer points in Pittsburgh in the fourth quarter of games this year. The Steelers' offense in the second half of games is producing just 6.7 points. Only the Raiders and Cardinals are worse. Houston's defense is giving up the most points in the league, though, in the third quarter of games, but they're the fifth best in the fourth quarter of points allowed. I hesitated to put this in there, but I thought that was kind of strong. Um, all the second half stuff for both these teams when the Steelers have the ball. I only hesitated because we got three samples of third quarters, three samples of fourth quarters. You know what I mean? Like it's something, you know, are you making adjustments through the game or you're wearing out as a defense or did the clock at the end of the third quarter, the whistle blows and you're on the one yard line and then it counts for a fourth quarter touchdown. You know what I mean? Like there's some weird stuff that could happen too. Um, but the Sears only have two first quarter first downs, lowest in the league. That's horrendous. All right, last thing I got here is some snap count stuff to kind of get you a little bit familiar with sort of a no-name Houston defense. So last week they they basically play a four-three. So their defensive ends, Will Anderson, who you know, I'm sure he was a third pick in the draft, blocked the kick last week promising, promising prospect. Will Anderson, Jonathan Greenard, Dylan Horton, and Jerry Hughes, they all played between 41 and 60% of Houston's defensive snaps. Similarly, the defensive tackles, Sheldon Rankins, Malik Collins, Khalil Davis, you might remember him, former Steeler, and Kurt Hinnish, they all played between 49% and 53% of that snaps in that game. So, what's that tell us? They have 40 ends, 40 tackles that are all basically playing half the game. They're just, besides Anderson and kind of Rankins, they're all just a bunch of okay dudes. They're kind of jags, placeholders, okay. You know, some of them wouldn't make the Steeler roster possibly, but they're keeping them fresh. They're just bringing in waves of defensive linemen throughout the course of the game. At linebacker, Henry Choto. T-O-T-O-O, I always kill his name. He played 95% of the Texans' snaps, but he's the only one in the front seven that played more than 63% of their snaps against Jacksonville. So he's their every-down linebacker. Uh, He's a rookie, and that's kind of what this team's doing, is looking for building block players. For the season, though, Houston doesn't have a front seven defender that has been on the field more than Toto, but he's only logged 137 of a possible 194 snaps. So his his role's growing, but it wasn't like he's been the guy, every down linebacker from day one. And then of all the defensive linemen, Greenard and Anderson, they're their best two defensive ends. They lead all the defensive linemen with 133 of a possible 194 snaps apiece. So I hope that gives you a pretty good understanding of the opponent, strengths and weaknesses. I think it's an interesting matchup, but we will be back tomorrow. Take a, on the other side of the ball and predictions.